Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing episode 8 of Plus and Minus, the Thai BL drama series. And yes, my hair is wet, because it's very humid where I am, and I'm like, I needed to wet my hair down. So anyway, but this is our first video podcast in a long time, because Anna has been tired and... I've finally gotten everything kind of put back together. I mean, of course you guys can't see behind me. Oh, Voldemort is behind that door. So anyway, we don't talk about him. But moving on, plus and minus, episode eight. In this episode, this is not an entirely kid-friendly episode. I'm just going to be honest here. Now, I will say it doesn't get terribly inappropriate. I mean, how does this? I deem some things inappropriate that others would not, and I deem some things okay which others would deem inappropriate because I'm me and they're them. But anyway, in this episode, Jin Yuzin and Fu Li not Jin Yuzin, Fu Li Gong and Jin. Jin Yuzin, why did I do that? Because of I do be loved in house. But anyway. Jing and Fuli Gong decide to spend the evening together. Um, this is hilarious and not his personal opinion because I'm going, you know, people are just weird when they try to be romantical. I'm like, you know, some things I get. Others I sit there and go, humans. Humans are strange sometimes. But anyway, Fuli Gong is trying to think of ways to be um, flirtatious as he's looking at himself talking and you know doing all this stuff and at the same time simultaneously Jing is in his bedroom getting everything nice putting rose petals on the bed in different shapes and he ends up putting a plus and a minus which I think is kind of hilarious but anyway at the end of the day Fu Gong is sitting there going I suck at this I am not going to be able to be flirtatious because whenever I want to say something, it just goes poof. And Jing is sitting there going, oh, for will know I care about him so much because I put a plus and a minus on the bed in these rose petals. And Fuligan comes in and he's like, why did you put the Mandarin sign for dirt on the bed? And Fu's like, I put plus and minus because I'm plus and you're minus and together we balance each other out. So he's like, forget it, forget it. And he just tops in the bed. And for the gun, he's like, okay, are you upset? And she's like, yes, I'm upset. And for the gun goes, well, I guess we'll just go to sleep, have a nice night. And and she was like, oh, I wasn't really thinking that was how this was going to play out, but okay. But anyway, that doesn't last too long. They end up um, kissing and then deciding just to sit there and snuggle, which I'm like, you know, my kind of movie. No, nobody really does anything. So anyway, they um, have that moment, as it were, with the sign for dirt. I mean, no offense, I'm like, they do remind me, someone had said in the comments this last week, they said, you know, they really remind me of the couple from Cherry Magic of last year. Adachi and Kurosawa, I think. And I think, and I was sitting there, I'm going, they're absolutely right, because they're one of the few couples I've seen in a BL drama who, they really are so open-hearted and innocent, in a way. I mean, I know that these guys are in their late 20s. I totally get this. I know they're fully adults. But still, there's an 
innocence and childlike nature about both of them that I think is kind of fun to watch play out in this series because they're so open-hearted about things. And also I think the other thing that makes them a little different is neither one of them have really dated. So it really is like the first person they've ever liked. And so they have that whole, they haven't had their heart broken before in order to make them put up walls that they normally would put up in a relationship. Like, for example, when I think of I Do Beloved in the House, Sheely is very open-hearted. Jin Yuzin is sitting there going, I've had my heart broken before. I don't want that happening again. That was unpleasant. Whereas in this show, both of them are so open-hearted. So anyway, they have that moment. They then go and in the middle of all this, Yuki has asked them if they would like to go camping with him and Mr. Lai. And so Mr. Lai and Yuki and Shuli Gong and Jing all go camping with Ling Ling. And Mr. Lai gets the tint up. It's all good. Yuki got his tint up quicker. And so Mr. Lai says, well, you must have been a lot better at putting things together than I am. And then Yuki's tint falls to pieces. And, and Yuki's sitting there like, I, I tried really hard. Did I do something wrong? And Mr. Lai's going, we can, we can fix it. It's okay. And so I think it's kind of interesting because Yuki, everyone thinks, you know, Yuki's got it all together. And I think, you know, no one has it all together. We all have things that we're good at. We all have things that we're not good at. It, it just depends. Right now I'm having battles with a, oh, what is it called? Playpen. I'm like, I am, you know, I have done a lot of mechanical things. Why am I having trouble with this paper? Although it would probably help if I read the instruction manual on the playpen, which I will do today. But anyway, moving on. So they set up the tents. At the same time, Fuli Gong is trying to cook dinner and he can't cook with a dink. He cannot cook rice. He cannot cook um, vegetable soup, corn chowder with seaweed. And so in the end, Jing says, you know what, Fu, let me handle the food. From now on, I will do the cooking because Fuli Gong really cannot cook. And he's like, okay, you handle the food. So Jing proves himself to be very capable in the kitchen, outdoor kitchen, I should say, and he cooks up a fabulous meal that they all eat. They then spend the evening, Mr. Lai, Yuki, Furi Gong, and Jing just kind of chatting because Ling Ling, even though she wanted to see the stars, she fell asleep. And so she went to bed and they're just visiting. Well, then Furi Gong and Jing go to their tent to conk and Mr. Lai is sitting there with Yuki and he says, why don't, why don't, um, he says, aren't you going to go get your sleeping bag, Yuki? And Yuki's like, you know what? You and Ling Ling can take the tent. I will sleep in the car tonight. And Mr. Lai sits there and, you know, I don't know where I'm like, I really like how he quietly approaches things and he, he takes off his glasses and he says, or you could sleep beside me and Ling Ling in the tent. What do you think about that, Yuki? And so Yuki's like, oh, that, that would be nicer than the car. So anyway, their relationship seems to be developing nicely. Now, by the end of the day, we also have a very strange situation where this woman comes into the law firm and she wants a divorce. 
and both Jing and Fuligong say, okay, why do you want divorce? Because in Taiwan, you have to have a reason, like your, your spouse abused you or had an affair or you had an argument. And she said, do I have to have a reason? I just don't love him anymore. And I have a pension, so I do not need his money. And our children are raised, so there's no need for me to stay in a relationship when I do not care for this person anymore. And so both Jing and Fu Ligong are kind of troubled by this whole situation because they cannot figure out why someone would fall out of love with another person for no, no apparent reason, meaning there hasn't been a break or an argument or something like that. But I think that for those of you who have read The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, there is a chapter in The Prophet all about this, or a section in The Prophet all about this, about a woman who everyone judged harshly because she ended up leaving her husband and going to live with this other guy. And at the end of the day, she said, you know, my husband took care of all my needs that I had. He, you know, paid for my food, my lodging, my clothes, everything. Because in that time period of the story in Khalil Gibran, women really couldn't go out and make their own living. And he, she said, but he didn't take time for me. He didn't see me as a person. He saw me as some kind of object to put on his mantle, as they say in Room with a View, the old one. I don't know about the new one. But anyway, so she said, you know, that's why I left and went with the person who saw me, even though people are angry about it, even though people judge me. And, you know, I had never read the Kilogabron until a couple years ago. And I was like, that explains a lot about why some people who don't really have any obvious reasons for breaking up. It's not like they have a big bombastic blowout or they hate one another. It's just like one of them or both of them quit seeing the other person. It reminds me of that scene in Runaway Bride when um, Richard Gere's character is sitting there with his ex-wife and he said, what what happened to us? Why did we break up? It's been so long, I really can't remember. And he says, did I do that thing? Did I just not see you anymore? And his ex-wife sits there and goes, yeah, that was it. You quit seeing me. And that's why our relationship didn't work anymore. Because, you know, if one person quit seeing the other person as a person, then there's going to be personal problems. So anyway, moving on though. But this really troubles Fu Gong and Jing because they're sitting there going, what about if something like this happens with us? I think is what both of them are thinking because it is a troubling thought to think that you could care about someone like crazy. And then as the years pass, as things become more mundane, as they say, you quit seeing them. And I think, you know, it's always good to sit there and go, am I seeing people? Do they matter to me the way that they need to? And am I showing that to others? And I think that's kind of what Fu Ligong and Jing are thinking here in this episode, which is interesting. And at the very end of this episode, the other thing that I think is kind of funny is we have, if you wait till the credits are done, we have what they call I don't know why. They always call these really weird names, but they say sweet moments between the couple, basically. I'm like, I would never call it that, but okay, if that's what you want to call it, 
good for you. But anyway, we have Fu Gong and Jing sitting there watching that really, no offense to anyone if it's an actual show, but stupid TV series about the guy who is after the other guy who looks like him. And they're watching it, and Fuli Gong is on the couch, just kind of studying like a cat. And Jing is on the couch, watching the movie, really engrossed, eating popcorn. And they're, they're sitting there, and Jing says, See, I told you it was for the earth. That symbol was the earth in Mandarin. And, and Fuli Gong's going, Okay, I'm glad for you. Have some popcorn. And he puts some popcorn in the See, I, I, I told you, basically, aren't I brilliant? And then he says, do you want to go see the movie version? And Shirley Gong, you can tell he's sitting there going, I really care about this person, but do we want to really go see this in the cinema? Isn't, you know, seeing it on the TV and the series enough torture? And so they're sitting there basically playing and laughing and chatting together as they're watching this movie. And I think that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole series so far is this one because they really are so comfortable together as a couple. I mean, it's like they can just be themselves with one another because they've known each other for 26 years. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like really they can pull any punches because they know how the other one thinks for the most part. And that's what made this episode kind of one of my, it's not my favorite because I, I do wish that they maybe hadn't have been quite so romantical at the beginning, but I'm going, you know, they're trying to figure out their lives and it's kind of funny to watch two people who really have never been in a relationship trying to figure out how to be in a relationship and you're going, I really don't think it involves tigers on clothing. That's just honest personal opinion. So anyway, you can I'll figure out what I mean by that because I'm trying to keep this kid friendly but I'm like, it really has nothing to do with that, but good for you. So anyway, um, this episode I would give probably a 7 out of 10 because I would skip parts of it with the kiddies, but I really do like the end scene and also the camping scene, especially with Mr. Um, Lai and Yuki and how they related to one another and also with um, Fuli Gong and Jing because there is a scene at the at the end of this episode as well where Jing pulls Fuli Gong out of the scene and says come on come see the stars let's go have a cup and look at the stars and um, they're basically just sitting there on the on the camping chair visiting and chatting and flopping next to another like i'm just here and i really like it because jing just kind of sits there and he literally flops himself into fuli gong's lap and puts fuli gong's arm around him like i am here i am happy i am the clingy puppy and i'm going to stay here and fuli gong is just like yes you're the clingy puppy but you're my clingy puppy so anyway i really like the camaraderie as well as the the innocence of the characters' relationships. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how this goes on. Of course, we all know episodes 10 and 11 are probably going to be dive bombs because we have to have conflict in a BL drama. I mean, what would it be if we didn't have conflict? I'm like, you know, I'm really looking forward to the day when they make a drama where there's no impediments to the relationship where everything just runs smoothly and you're sitting there going what shock and awe so anyway but that is my review of plus and minus episode eight check it at the round table bye